This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. Failure and even grief can be turned into personal, spiritual, and financial growth. So says Kate McKay, a Florida-based business consultant, executive coach, and author. Ms. McKay speaks from deep personal loss. Her son committed suicide. She joins us in this business interview to offer her ideas on growing out of grief and failure. Well, Kate, welcome to Business Interviews, and we're eager to get some of your ideas uh, out to our viewers and listeners. You have counseled people that they can actually turn grief, grief of all things, uh, in into uh, financial, spiritual, and personal growth. How on earth does that happen? Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, honestly, I I stumbled upon grief as many of us do in the struggles and challenges and losses in our life. And one in particular that I would say catapulted me to a whole new understanding was in 2017, I actually lost my son, Will. My son, Will, as his friends describe it, ascended on his own accord. My son committed suicide. And uh, truly um, that experience, it it is when you're knocked down such as that by a a human being that was the light, which was, he was so loving. He was so kind. He was very gritty, but he was, um, he made a choice and it was up to me and the people that survived him to figure out how we were going to manage that. And honestly, I, I had was writing a column for a newspaper and this doctor friend of mine said, Kate, he goes, you know what? You need to write an article. And I was like, really, what do I need to write an article about? And he said, you need to write about how men, when they lose somebody, they don't do well. Women can do okay. Men, not so much. And I was like, really? Okay. So I did my research because I love being a writer because we have to do a fair amount of research And I wrote an article called How Men Express Grief and Loss. And that actually became a pivotal chapter in my book, Claim Your Inner Warrior, um, which is a a follow-up to my best-selling book, Claim Your Inner Badass. And what I wrote in that article and why I felt so moved by it was so many men, after I wrote that article, said, Kate, I felt like you were talking directly to me. And I was like, wow, okay, what did I write in that article that was so transformational, particularly to men? And I think that the truth is this, that we need to honor the differences in the way we grieve. And there is a large percentage of men who grieve. It's different than women. And why don't we as a society honor men in the way they express their all of their emotions, not just their grief for their loss, but also their happiness, their joy, any uh, range of emotion. And I I believe it's time that we expand that experience for men in particular um, over both, you know, honoring my son, Will, and also my brother, Matthew, who unfortunately passed away at the same age that my son passed. Do you have offering specific tips for this or do we kind of move around in the dark feeling things well, out in, in regards to grief absolutely right. there is I, I believe that there is steps and and i think the standard that we used to you know go over grief was um uh, obviously kubler ross's thing we're gonna have the 
denial and then, and then the sad and all that. But the truth is, is we flow through those at all different frequencies. It's not just like we go through them at set stages, such as life. Wouldn't it be nice if things were more systematic than that? Well, it is not based on our own humanness. Uh, but this is the truth. The studies have shown that, yes, post-traumatic stress is real. But also the studies have shown that post-traumatic transformation is possible. And when I read that study, and I'm in um, human performance, I'm a high performance coach. When I read that, that there is a possibility that we can transform grief into something, may we even say magnificent, I became deeply committed to understand that process, not just in honor of my son, but to honor other people and to show people there was a different way. Because people would see me and they're like, Kate, you're so positive, right? And I think when I lost my son, everyone was watching to say, oh, how's Miss Positivity going to deal with this? And I made a commitment in that moment that I was going to be honest, I was going to be transparent, and I was going to be enthusiastic in the way I, I dealt with my grief, just as the way I deal with other emotions. That enthusiasm, that word means in God, in the divine. So I completely committed to understanding and um, and then honoring my son in the process. And this is a thing I think it's so important to share when we have loss. And this is so powerful. My coach told me this after my son died, my son Will. And she said, when we lose someone, right? Someone really significant that we love dearly. They no longer need those gifts and qualities they had on this earth when they were walking around us. They don't need them anymore. Whether you believe in whatever your spiritual affiliation is, afterlife, not afterlife, it, it, whatever. I believe that there is more. But what I learned was if Will represented kindness to me, if he represented peace and bliss and true spirituality, that I was going to wear those gifts, those natural, beautiful qualities he had like a shroud. And that is the way we can honor people that have passed before that, before us, is to honor them by you know, becoming who those qualities that we loved about them so much. And that is a huge part and certainly was a huge part of my healing. So anyway, anyhow, we deal with personal development. Oftentimes we have to deal with what we lost and then how we can perceive that and then learn the lesson. What did we learn from that person? What do we learn about ourselves so that we can be truth be truth be said on the story, not just living in the suffering? What was the most important thing that you learned? That I had to read, well, I would say to you that our meaning and our purpose is an evolution. And I think that one of the, the things that sort of set people to failure is they're thinking they only have one purpose. And I would say to you, oh, heck no. It is an evolution every day, how we're living with a deeper sense of meaning. And so when I lost my son, I was like, okay, I fully grieved year two, year three. I've really come to a really peaceful place in this process. And what else is there for me to do? <laughs> like, I was like, is there anything more than birthing and releasing a child? I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> but what I realized was, was that, that what was the deeper meaning was understanding that I needed to figure out what was the lesson and how could I teach others? And that is that I'm here to bring the light to dark places in people. And I coach high performance men and women, but I'm particularly have an affinity to coach men because 
I lost significant men in my life. And I believe I can stand in for others and in their darkest times and also to rise and help them raise and live into their greatness on a daily basis. And there is systems and strategies, coaching and and the evolution of the human performance is systematized. There's sci- it's science-backed and research-based. So I love it that there is actually systems around becoming and living into our greatness. And that's a really big piece of my work. How, what do you apply to your own life to allow you to have such enthusiasm and outward confidence? Is there also inward confidence behind that? Well, I would say yes, and not always so. And that's the reason why I actually wrote Claim Your Inner Badass um, was because I was a child of of one of nine children, typical Midwest, big Catholic family. And I was six of nine. And I always felt like I didn't fit in. Like I used to get yelled at in school, Kate, you're too loud, stop talking. You know, I um, I was criticized and ridiculed for my enthusiasm and my bright light and my energy. So I learned that these are the things I had to dim down like a dial, that I had to be smaller. And then what happens when we turn our gifts inward is they become self-loathing, self-doubt, right? And I realized that that was the process. That's what happens to people. And so my commitment to live courageously and to live with a higher level of confidence is based on the fact that I hope no one, and if I be the light for all people, that we are here to be the bright, unique, amazing, messy, uh, you know, not perfect humans that we came here to be. And if that means I have to, you know, get up every day, two feet on the floor and say, who am I going to light up today? I'm tireless in that. Uh, that's really is my, my deepest com- commitment. And, um, and, and I'm not ashamed of my enthusiasm any longer. I embrace it. So, and if people don't like it, it's okay. I'm not for everyone, but I know who I'm here for. And um, so I'm not going to diminish myself just to fit in or to get along with people, have people like me. We, we've been asking you questions about yourself, but you probably have some stories about uh, people you have worked with that you have brought along to better or perhaps higher levels. Can you tell us one or two of those? Oh boy. Well, I just met with a client last night and he's a 30 year old man and I worked with him for like three years. And so we met and we're out and um, I'm having a cup of tea and he's having a drink. And he was telling, he's in such an exalted place. Like I cannot believe it's the same person. I kept on having to remind him, do you remember where we were? (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's being able to remind someone of how far they've gone is such a rewarding experience. I'm a keeper of people's dreams. And I also remember people's story and where they were. And if someone says to me, like, for example, one of my dearest friends, um, Kathy, passed away from from cancer uh, a few years ago. And I remember asking her, I said, babe, am I still holding that dream that you're going to go work with the people in South America and help them with their vision? Is that still your dream? And she goes, yes. I said, I'm still holding it for you. So just understand that. I just want to speak that to the audience that we are the keeper of people's dreams if we chose to live in that position of honoring the humanness of all people. It's the highest gift, I believe, that we can provide, the gift of presence. So I would say every day, every client, every person that I meet, my goal is to be fully present. Like in this interview, I don't care what's going around me. I want to be fully present. I want to be an open source 
for other people to hear and to mirror their authenticity, their beauty, their fear, their, their courage, their all of the messiness that makes us so beautifully and wonderfully unique. There's probably uh, very few people uh, in this country who exude enthusiasm like, like yourself. <laughs> I'm sick too. So thank you for saying that because I'm a little bit under the weather. But no, but, it, but the thing is, is there are days that I'm down, right? There are days that I feel like, oh my goodness, really? But then I just remember, I remember the essence of the gift I was given. And everyone has that unique gift, right? So if I'm able to cast light on other people, just even for that brief moment that they can believe and have that sense of belief, and if I can provide them a system, if I can engage in a conversation, if they can tell me a story, I love people's stories. It's kind of funny to be interviewed because I'm usually the one doing all the interviews. <laughs> I'm always asking people a million questions, right? Um, but I appreciate this opportunity to be able to share my story with others. So hopefully if they have any questions or they need inspiration or encouragement, I'm here. Especially if you're feeling like you don't have the hope. You know, know that there's one person that's here and there are people around you that are willing to listen and and hold you and see you and if you don't have those people right around you it's your obligation to go find them <laughs> you, there are people waiting for you and you must risk being exposed or feeling vulnerable and say hey i need some support it's the most uh it's what warriors do it's what badasses do we ask for support because we can only be as successful as the people around us holding us to our highest and best well, Kate, have you been doing this all your adult life or what? I was a theater major. So it's the only thing I ever got A's in. And I, I say that truthfully, because when I realized that when I, I, I was in theater and I was like, wait a minute, you get A's for just being like listening to people? <laughs> was like, so weird. Well, who can't do that? So for me, it was kind of funny. I'm like, wow, isn't that what everybody does? But I realize it isn't, right? So I would say, yes, every single conversation to me is theater. I'm looking at always on like the tragedy, the comedy, like the how do we how do we ask powerful questions? How do we wrap people's stories up and then present them to them like their masterpieces that they are? So all the time from a strategic pers pers perspective, I'm looking at all things like it's it's theater. It's the beauty of life. It's Shakespearean. And that's why even in the darkest tragedy, I still find joy because you can read any Shakespeare play and it's always, there's always the dark and the light. Any religious is the dark and the light. And we have to find joy because life is heavy. Douglas Caldwell, life is heavy. There is a lot of darkness. There's a lot of people suffering. And what could be a higher calling than to bring joy to people in dark place? I, I, I don't know what it would be. But for me, that's my calling. Well, you, you, it's difficult to uh, uh, leave the uh, graduation stage at college uh, thinking you have that particular calling and make a living at it. What did you do? <laughs> it's true. Well, what I did was I knew I didn't want to be a starving artist in New York. That's one thing I knew. I wasn't, I wasn't attracted to the lifestyle of the starving artist. But I, I, I managed real estate 
But interesting that I built, uh, I was in real estate. That's the way I sort of paid my way through college because my father was a, a housing advocacy, low-income housing um, urban designer and planner. And so I sort of was in real estate, but really my biggest calling came in coaching business. I was also have a fitness background. So I was always, it's how I calmed myself. I've been lifting weights since I was 21 and I compete in bikini competitions. And I won't even tell you how old I am, but I'm older than 55. Um, so anyway, um, I started this gold company and I bought and sold gold at in the last downturn market, 2008. And I built a gold company that turned out to be $17 million. And I did it on what? On my ability to build relationships. I didn't even know how to read a spreadsheet, but I built a company 100% on relationships. People trust me. I'm trustworthy. And that's why my business grew as it did and why I did so well. And I would say that's the basis of my biggest pleasure and also the biggest challenges. Because when you come in an with an open heart, sometimes people will take more than they should. And that's been a hard lesson for me and continues to be a hard lesson for me as a human being. Where do you hope to be five years from now? Retired at a beach in St. Pete or somewhere else? <laughs> Never. I would have to say I'm a workaholic, but I would say that my workaholism isn't based on the fact that I view work as work. It is my pleasure. So I have a, there's not much of a line between, um, you know, what I do in a day and my conversations I have. Like, this is as wonderful as like the books I'm reading, this interview with you. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm working. This is just joy and fun and sharing. So my life is a lot like that, but I do spend a lot of time by myself because I need a lot of time to think and pray and um, and I'm a writer. So I'm looking to actually put a little bit more of a commitment. I'm going to have four books out now, but I'm looking to actually like venture into something outside of personal development. I mean, I have a fitness book and I have a journal and then I have my two books, Claim Your Inner Warrior and Claim Your Inner Badass. But I'm looking to be more of that. And also I really enjoy speaking. Speaking is wonderful. So I'm open to evolution. I'm not married, so I would love it. I would love to have a deep relationship. I think I'm here to learn relationship and intimacy as a bigger lesson. I think probably in my past life, I've had a lot of business success. It comes sort of easy, but um, just the deeper relationships is really my my calling, I think, while, while I'm here. My son, Will, taught me a lot. A question comes to mind, and that is, have you ever failed at anything? And if so, what was it and why? <laughs> failure. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I could get a PhD in failure. Oh my goodness. I failed so many times. And, um, and I guess I don't really look at failure. I look at them as lessons because I love to learn. I'm eager to learn. And so I view, oh, whoops, you know, oops, oops. You know, I've fallen. I've, I've, I've started businesses that haven't been successful. Um, I've had many relationships that haven't worked out, but that, but I don't regret anything because I have a really good skill and that is I can assess lessons because the bottom line is I don't choose to suffer in my story. And I find that if we don't really assess why we failed, then we suffer. So I view the lessons as I'm coming up the mountain. I'm learning the lesson. I'm learning the lesson after the failure. And then from the top, I can look down and go, oh, I learned a lot. Because I, we teach, our stories are in our teach. Our teaching is our lessons, right? 
we have to be able to say our failures, right? For me to publicly go up and, and really get on the platform that my son committed suicide is not an easy thing for a woman who was everyone known as the master motivator, you know, Miss Positivity. Wasn't exactly the platform of my choice, yeah? But I realized that I have to do that enthusiastically too. As I said that earlier, it's just one of my words. So one of my words is enthusiasm. It's in my mission statement. And when my son died, I was like, oh, really? How am I going to do grief enthusiastically, Kate McKay? And you better believe I figured it out, that I was going to learn about what it means to transform even through loss of a child and um, be able to come out of it and be able to inspire people even through this experience. And I, I have to tell you, I'm going to be dead on honest with you. There are a lot of people that don't like that light. A lot of people wish that I was continuing to suffer because when you see someone that's able to transmute and go through such pain, that means maybe you have the potential to do it too. But sometimes don't, people don't want that excuse. They want to continue to suffer. That's hard. People choose suffering and that's hard for me. Kate, where can our listeners and viewers get more information? You probably have a website. I do. So it's kate-mckay.com. And I have an Amazon page with all of my books available there. So I have a podcast called Master Your Life with Kate McKay. And I am deeply grateful for this really intimate. Um, and you were telling me that you were going to ask me like, later questions but i really appreciate the depth that we went and i'm grateful that you're doing the work and allowing people like me to be able to have powerful conversations with your with your audience so thank you very much i appreciate i'm filled with gratitude what would you like to add that i have not asked you what i would like to add is that when as les brown says life knocks you down and yes, life will knock you down. Just make sure to fall on your back. <laughs> because if you can look up, you can get up. So just keep rising. Even in those darkest times, look for the light and reach for the people. That's the biggest le lesson. Reach for the people. We are only as good as our community. We are only as good as the people that we, we serve together with. So thank you so much. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.